On today's episode of Shooting the Breeze, the crew is back together after a month-long hiatus. We've missed a lot. A lot has happened throughout the month of November. So we're going to go back. We're going to take a look at what happened on this date and dates prior to this date in history. We'll also talk about what's coming up for this upcoming winter with my bold winter weather prediction. So sit back, relax, and let's shoot the breeze with your local weather authority. Afternoon, Molly. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm good. We're we're back together. The world is not ending. It's all good. It's been a while, Mr. Adam Sherwitzki. How are you, sir? Welcome back. I feel like Welcome Back Cotter should be in the background, but you know, whatever. You know, <laughs> we don't think we have the rights to that. We don't have the rights to that. I don't think. No, I don't know. Well, hey, it's uh, it's great to be back in the studio. We've uh, due to vacations and scheduling conflicts. Uh, we haven't been able to record and holidays. And holidays. We haven't been able to record. Uh, the latest and greatest episodes of Shooting the Breeze. So uh, happy to be here. And uh, I know we've missed a couple of events. Uh, I was hoping that, uh, but schedules didn't allow it, that we would have a kind of a, a special episode about the uh, Washington tornado. But I know we're going to talk about that on this day in history. So, Adam, talk about what happened on this day in history. History. All right, this comes from This Day in Weather History. It's a Facebook page. Go ahead and give them a follow. I try to give them a shout-out at least since I am using a lot of their content. I appreciate them. They're a great page to follow. They've got weather from all the way back in the, well, before early times, before much of us were alive, and even to the last couple of years. So let's start off with the Iron Bowl. Ooh, sports. On this date in 1983, this is coming from James Spann, too. They just uh, reshared it. The 1983 Iron Bowl game is one of the greatest in the history of the rivalry. It was played at Legion Field on December 3rd. The game started with the Lots of sunshine after a stormy night with lots of heavy rainfall around the Birmingham area. Well, during the third quarter, a line of severe thunderstorms that was approaching western Jefferson County and a tornado warning was issued. The radar at Centerville showed a well-defined hook echo heading directly toward the stadium. The game was not stopped. By 10 minutes to go in the game, the rain was coming down in torrents as Auburn tried to Keep in control of the snor- the thing. Uh, keep control of the game, excuse me. Otherwise, though, yeah, <laughs> Auburn tried to keep control of the ball and win the game in the horrible conditions as they clung to a 23-20 lead. The rain began to fall so heavily that you could barely see the field on the cameras. Back in my day, we oh. didn't go inside for tornadoes. There we it is. played through them. Well, there fortunately, oh. the, the storm did not produce a tornado oh, okay. in western Birmingham, On the result, or the results would have been catastrophic. But later, the same storm dropped a 53, or, sorry, 53 F3 tornado. I'm reading really fast. That damaged uh, the Wind Dixie store at Sky City in Oxford, killing two people. A total of seven tornadoes touched down across the state that afternoon and evening. Auburn went on to win the game 23 to 20. So there you go. That's the 1983 Iron Bowl, and I'm a big can football I, fan, so that's one of them. Can I just be? Can I just say I'm glad we don't play through those storms. <laughs> That's dangerous. Yeah, it is. December 2nd, 19, or excuse me, 1896. I got my numbers mixed up. Early season snow and ice storm struck the southeastern United States. 11 inches of snow fell at Charlotte, North Carolina, and 6 inches at Atlanta, Georgia. 
December 1st, 2006, an early winter storm produced more than six inches of snow along a 1,000-mile um, path from central Oklahoma to northern Michigan. Unfortunately, the, the storm also produced significant freezing rain, which impacted the St. Louis area. As a result, over 500,000 households and businesses were without power from the St. Louis metropolitan area into central Illinois. And a big one. There's a couple more, obviously, I have in my pocket, but... December 1st, a late-season severe weather outbreak resulted in 29 tornadoes across central Illinois and southeastern Illinois. The town of Taylorville was hardest hit with an EF3 tornado. And, of course, there's one event we can't forget talking about. We didn't get a chance to because we were out of town and on business and stuff. But the tornado outbreak of 9, November 17th, 2013. That's a day that's uh, pretty big here in central Illinois. Uh, 73 tornadoes across the Midwest and Ohio River Valley. It was a big tornado outbreak. Um, some hail the size of four inches recorded in Bloomington, but the biggest outlier, or the biggest one we have in our heads uh, for tornadoes, there was two EF tornadoes. One of them was in our viewing area, and that one would be the Washington tornado. So that's another big one right there. I think I've said a little bit of everything. We talked about the December 1st system uh, that I know Chris was here for, and Chris has a little bit more knowledge on, and then also we got the, uh, the Washington tornado. I wasn't here for it, but I was in it. Oh, really? Were you? Yeah. Interesting. I was. The which one? The December, oh, December 1st. 1st. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about the uh, the Washington Tornado Day, uh, November 17th, 2013. Then we'll kind of go into December, uh, that December outbreak that I had some personal um, experience with. That's why but, I threw it in there. I was like, yeah, Chris was knows more. We, we, uh, the November 17th, 2013, I was not here for it. Uh, Marcus Bailey was, uh, Carissa Kloss was the morning meteorologist, and I believe she was doing a lot of the work on, on that particular day for this event. Um, really interesting, that tornado first, uh, the severe thunderstorm, the supercell, that would ultimately go on to produce the Washington tornado, dropped its first tornado west of the Illinois River, and crossed the river, and then went through the north part of Pekin. And so... Uh, that one had, looks like, EF2 damage as a maximum with the peaking uh, portion of that cell. Uh, 120 miles per hour winds, path length two and a half miles with a 100-yard wide path. Uh, Ten injuries from that particular one. And then, of course, uh, I know, I mean, for those in Pekin, it's the Pekin tornado, but the greater, really, the greater impacts from that supercell were really when it went through Washington. Uh, another, that the first part of that, the peak and tornado lifted. Another one touched down shortly after, and that would be the one that went on uh, through East Peoria. It uh, actually sent uh, our uh, competitors over at WEK. I think it went through their parking lot, so they went to the storm shelter during their coverage. Uh, thankfully, they're okay, but I, you know, pretty close call for them. Uh, I think when it was rolling through that part of town, it went. It was an EF1, EF2. And then it really strengthened as it hit Washington. And as you know or may not know, I'm now a resident of Washington. And you could, I mean, the, when I first came here, that was one of the first locations we drove through as a family in 2015. And I mean, the, the scars were still there. We still, when I came, there were still homes that were being completed or fixed in the wake of that tornado. And even today, you still go through and you can still see some of the trees that are all twisted and uh, broken up. Uh, EF4 damage, uh, maximum estimated winds of 190 miles per hour. Uh, now, this tornado was on the ground for nearly an hour. It touched down at 10.59 Central Standard Time, about 2.4 miles southeast of East Peoria. 
and it did not lift until it was two miles east of Long Point, which is up in Livingston County. Uh, so that went uh, through Washington between Metamora and Roanoke. I believe they got close to the Parsons uh, plant out there, which they've had their own history with uh, with tornadoes. Uh, kind of went through uh, northern parts of the Monunk area. And then, again, eventually uh, clipped southern LaSalle County, went into eastern Livingston County. So one, two, three, four different counties uh, were impacted by that one tornado. Uh, that's a long, I mean, that 46, near, uh, just over 46 miles uh, was the length. And it was only a half mile, or only, it was a half mile wide. Um, it looks, looks bigger <laughs> when you look at some of the stuff, but it was only a half mile wide. Uh, one person died, 125 injuries, and all that info coming uh, from the National Weather Service. Um, there's a, and if you, I highly recommend checking out the Weather Service's website. They got a lot of great information on that particular uh, tornado. Uh, there were some other tornadoes that day, one near Pena uh, that uh, was an EF1. Uh, these are smaller, and then they're further south, uh, uh, south of us. But how many tornadoes did you say that day? 73 across the Midwest. Uh, across the Midwest. And Ohio River Valley. Okay. That was a, a very interesting event. It was well forecasted, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that morning they had it, uh, I think they had a moderate risk for all of central Illinois and areas east of the Illinois River were under a high risk. And if you remember from previous discussions about severe weather, issuing a high risk is not a common thing. No, it is not. That's, a, that's bad. And this is before the days of the enhanced and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, you know, um, but that was a very large high risk. And uh, to be honest, SPC kind of nailed it. I mean, they with all the storm reports, um, a lot of wind reports, uh, but all the tornado reports and uh, most of the good chunk of the wind reports were in the high and moderate risk areas. Uh, Four-inch size hail in Bloomington. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in Wyoming, I'm like, yeah, it's Wyoming, but out here, that's that, that's yeah. pretty mm-hmm. crazy. Especially considering also, man, that, that day, I remember, because I was in uh, Valpo. That was my first semester at Valpo. I remember walking outside of my dorm and, you know, being a young meteorology major, I walked out the door and I went, oh, yeah, something's going to happen yeah. today. You could just feel it. Yep. And, and it felt that way. We can now transition to the December 1st because mm-hmm. – um, that was the largest tornado outbreak uh, for Illinois in December. Um, we, a, I mean, December tornadoes do happen in November, and they, I mean, they can and they do have and have happened in December, but they don't. We don't get them very often in December. They're not something that we expect necessarily. Right. And honestly, if this if it happened a day earlier, <laughs> would it? I mean, it still would be a big situation, but it wouldn't be the all time biggest. You know tornado outbreak for the state uh, for that particular month, I don't think. Uh, That said, we had 29 tornadoes throughout the state of Illinois. Uh, A lot of them were in the National Weather Service offices of Lincoln's. Most of them were in their coverage area. Uh, We had at least nine in the Peoria market, if I'm not mistaken. And five of those, I believe, occurred in McLean County alone. Um, So... December 1st was, uh, was the day of the Taylorville tornado. The strongest one that day was the EF3. Uh, locally, we had one that went through Lewiston, impacted a couple of families out there. I believe it hit a winery. Uh, we had um, damage through uh, Mason County, Tazewell County, from various uh, tornado touchdowns. Thankfully, a lot of them were weak. A lot of them were EF1s and EF0s. 
Um, but that Taylorville storm was uh, was an EF3. But going back, I still carry the surface maps for that day in my bag. I still have them. Uh, the one I made that morning uh, at 9 o'clock was the one I made to to identify a chase target. And then I went back in the following day and mapped out what it was every, you know, at noon and then at 6 p.m. to kind of get an idea of how that system evolved. Um, that day, the warm front was, when we left, was around I-72 and was lifting north. As soon as, at the time, it was Lauren Rainson working in the morning uh, mornings. We had Zach Hatcher on weekends. This was, he was brand new. Poor Zach. And oh, Zach. We... Lauren's like, Leo, we're, we're, we're going to go out and chase this. We were thinking the worst of this was going to be south of us, which it was. Um, and we were expecting three or four different supercells that would go on to produce tornadoes. What we underestimated was the amount of tornadoes these storms would produce and how many of them would creep into our southern viewing area. And the stuff in McLean County, for instance, was not something I expected at 7 o'clock that night. And so that one... That those were not expected. I wasn't terribly surprised by the stuff that went up through Fulton County, although I was surprised how long those storms were able to sustain themselves. Um, but uh, that day when we hit the warm front, we were traveling down south because our target was between Springfield and Jacksonville as a starting point along I-72. And then we were going to see, A, what the storms did near the triple point because those were going to be one. If those started ramping up, we were going to follow them back into our viewing area. And if those were moving into an, if the, let's say they outran the warm front and got on the cold side of the front, then we were going to head south down towards Taylorville. And we were going to chase, because we knew there was going to be something big south of Springfield. We are like, that's going to be the storm of the day. And we didn't know exactly where, but we were going to chase that area. If, if the stuff coming up into our local region, which is Mason, Fulton, uh, Tazewell County area, if if those storms were going to weaken before they got here, we were going to go down south. Well, they didn't, so we stayed up on them north because they were just producing tornadoes all along the Illinois River Valley, which chasing along a river valley is not ideal. <laughs> uh, it's a little rough, but we were behind that tornado when it was pushing uh, past Havana and went up towards Lewiston and then eventually um, encountered some coal there and fell apart. Um, but when we were driving south of Bloomington, you could just, when you hit the warm front, you could feel it. A, the sun came out because immediately north of the warm front, it was low stratus, cold, foggy, and then the sun comes out, and you can stick your hand out the window, and you can feel the humidity rise. Mm. Dew points climb 10 degrees. Temperature was up 10 degrees. You're like, ugh. And you get down, you look at a special balloon launch from, we, we stopped in Springfield for lunch, and, and at that point, we had the balloon launch from Lincoln was available. And Lincoln had, the warm front had passed Lincoln about an hour prior to that. And you're like, whoa. You look at the sounding, you're like, atmosphere's ready to pop. It just needs, it needs 30 minutes to an hour, and then it's going. And then sure enough, as soon as we're done eating lunch, storms have started firing, and we've got tornadoes now south of 72, and we got those storms ramping up, and, and then the whole thing just goes. And it's, that was an interesting setup. Uh, you know, we had a triple point coming through, and... Um, you know, you can't ever rule things out, even into December, uh, especially when you get, you know, temperatures in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. uh, for doable. highs. It's doable. Mm-hmm. And it's all relative, right? And the air aloft that day was going to get quite cold. And you mm-hmm. could see it on water vapor. You could see the cold air moving in aloft. You could see the dry air showing up on water vapor associated with that cooler air. 
And you're like, as soon as that moves over, the cap is going to break. And sure enough, and as the towers went up, you could see how the towers were really, really tilted. Now they, they were like, yeah, I'm almost to the point where I'm like, is there too much shear? Is, are these things going to topple over? But it was it was the right right balance of instability and shear that they were able to to sustain themselves. They weren't very tall storms. I think they're in the 20,000 foot range, which is not unusual for, you know, winter severe weather or late fall. Mini supercells. Little mini soups, but with they were ferocious. They can get, yeah. They're That's what people forget is that when we say mini supercells, they're like, oh, they're cute. I'm like, no, they're not cute. We we think that because we're watching it on the radar and we have that different view of it, right, but, but when you're on the ground, they're just like any other supercell. Yeah. So we tracked, um, uh, and you can see this, we have this information on our website, ciproud.com. I even shared uh, our post-storm write-up of that day on uh, my Facebook page the other day, so check it out. Uh, but you can see the, ones, the one particular cell we started following uh Produced a couple of tornadoes west of Jacksonville. We got on it um, in, I believe it's Menard County. And we followed it up, and we were behind it, and we could see the huge cone as it was up passing just to the west of Havana. We then headed east, or excuse yeah, east on one of the highways in Mason County to turn around and spot another supercell coming. Mm. And we were like, all right. We got to catch this next one because the one moving up through Fulton is going to fall apart. And by this point, it is pouring. There's we can't get through the rain that's falling up in between us and Peoria. So we're like, we're we're just going to stay here because it's safer to stay here than go into whatever is up there. And so we sit and wait. We turn, and there comes another funnel. That one touches down, does some damage, and then it gets dark. We see the funnel touch down, and then it's dark because I mean this is now six o'clock at night, and so now it's dark. We can't see anything. We can see where the circulation is on radar. And so Lauren and I position the vehicle. We're going to head further east to just make sure we're clear of the path. And then we park, and then we turn, and I'm on the phone with the station. Now I'm on the phone with Zach. <clears throat> Zach, I'm still sorry about <laughs> Oh, Zach. I think it was an SEC championship game or something that he was cutting in mm-hmm. over. And um, it, it was a tough one. And if I had expected this, that many cut-ins... Because it was the amount of tornadoes, so he was on air for several hours that day. If I anticipated that, I wouldn't have chased. Um, but I was on the phone, and we we're doing live shots, and I'm like, you know, I can't see it anymore because it's dark. And then all of a sudden, it hit a power line. I'm like, oh, it's still on the ground because we could see the power flashes. Oh, there it is. Circulation passed, ended up passing about a mile west of where we were. And then we got back on the road and tried to get where we were trying to get back to Peoria, but there was significant flooding going on near Pekin. You're like, we should we we can't travel through that. Uh, but then that's when we learned of the damage in Lewiston from the first tornado we were chasing, and so we went back to Lewiston did some storm coverage uh, for that. But that was a wild day. Uh, it was it was there were three main supercells and then a, one other one that that developed. But it was just three storms, four storms that caused uh, the 29 tornadoes that day. I remember talking to, I think Skip Talbot was out there that day. One time when I got to meet him out in Wichita for a chaser conference, and he said that he was on that Taylorville storm. He said that was an impressive, mm-hmm. considering what time of year it is, that was a very impressive storm. I had friends that went down and chased that. One of my friends actually caught their first, like, on-the-ground tornado with that whole system. Um, one of the cells almost hit my college, mm-hmm. and 
the Macomb Dome lives on. <laughs> it went to the edge of Macomb, went back up into the cloud, and then was warned again on the other side of town. It's a good... Uh, Good when that happens. Yeah, <laughs> it is good. It is good. My friends and I were all. It was friendsgiving, and we were all like, "Should we? Should we go? Nah, we're fine." This was a. It was a slight risk day, so it yeah. over. It was an overachieved day. When you look, when I go back and look at that, I'm surprised that it wasn't a higher risk. But I think at this point, forecasters are looking at climatology and going, "It's December. It's." And and it was only we were only expecting a few supercells, but we gotta as meteorologists we need to remember that supercells can go on to produce a lot, <laughs> can go on to produce several tornadoes, it can last a long and time. last a long time. And even, so even the little ones, and, and I mean they they were still decent. I mean they were good. They, were, they on on radar. It was I mean those textbook stuff. And uh, but you just go back and look, and you're looking. I think the one thing that limited uh, perhaps a greater. Elevated risk there, and I think they eventually went enhanced during the event during the evening update. I think they bumped it up. Um, is the you know these storms do have a tendency to they can go crazy, and even though you're looking at and that's what got me is like, well, we're only expecting three storms, and I think as they get once they get up past or into the southern part of their DMA, they're going to start to fall apart, and they did. <laughs> they were still just producing tornadoes and, until they got up to about 74. Uh, so that was, but that, you know, it was well forecasted. It was just the the risk could have been, we could have had that higher risk, I think, in hindsight. Um, kind of reminds me of, uh, this goes back, at the Windsor tornado in Colorado uh, back in 2008 was another one. I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this one. Uh, it was a tornado that touched down northwest of, north of Denver, and tracked northwest, and that supercell went all the way up over some foothills and into Wyoming. And now the tornado lifted, but it touched down again in Wyoming at some point. Um, that was another event. I can't remember the exact date. It was late May. I think it was May 28th, 2008. My wife's going to kill me. I should know that. Uh, but uh, the uh, that day was one where it was a it was like a low end risk. For, for tornadoes there, everybody was chasing the high risk in Kansas because <laughs> that's where that's where the lot of the tornadoes were going to be. But you go back and look, the conditions are like, why didn't anybody stay here in Colorado and chase this? The environment was perfect. And you're like, just because it it doesn't happen as often. I mean, it's just you're, you're at that point, you're playing the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, There's going to be more tornadoes over here than there is over here but that the storm of that day the one that storm chasers back in that time could have made a lot of money off off of was that was that was that was that the one that you were saying uh they did the the dow with or was hmm. that a different that was one? A different one. Oh, okay there was nobody chasing this the, oh, okay. there was one news station in denver uh, that got footage of that tornado, and they got lucky. And I, the only reason they were there was not because of the weather. They had another story sketch. They were doing another story wow. in that town, wow. and then that happened, and they were just in the right spot, and they were the only ones to capture. Keep in mind, this is before 
the cell phone technology that we have today. This is really before everybody had. I don't even think the iPhone was around yet. It was very. It was in like the first one okay. or two generations, so it was brand new tech. People were still using flip phone cameras and grainy video. This, I mean, the the video that you would see if you were to go back and look, of on a bridge, it's it's over inter, it's over Highway 34, and you can see it, and hail is falling, and you can see this big old tornado rolling towards uh, what is called Promontory Point, and it's a office building complex. Is that video from that news station that just got got lucky? But you will go back and look as a meteorologist. You look at all the data again. You're like, why didn't I stay? That's what I was kicking. I was like, why didn't I stay? Because it literally, when it passed a couple miles south of where I was living, it passed a half mile within where my you know where where I've got family staying and living. So that was when we were kicking ourselves. Like, man, the conditions were there. It's kind of the same thing for December first. You know. Why didn't I stay up here? But, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Oh, it is. Yeah. But you can learn from it, which... That's you, the whole point. It's what you do. I'm still waiting for my chance to chase with the chief meteorologist, Chris Yates. Well, I'm a little now... See, I'm a little more skittish now because <laughs> it's got to be a... I don't have the... I can't afford to go on big, long trips trips uh, like I would like to go out in the Central Plains and chase for a while. Chasecation? Right. So I have to wait for something where I know it's going to hit areas around us but not us so and like springfield south springfield south areas rockford, rockford north or, uh, i would but I, i'd rather i'd like to ideally like to start west or south and then drive north into back home gotcha uh, i've also chased stuff i i have made some trips out to indiana for some chasing and, and we we caught a few, did that a couple uh, times. That was that was another good event. That was another. That was a marginal that I ended up chasing out there, and we caught a couple of tornadoes out of that. Uh, but uh, one day, I one day I was eating lunch and I was just sitting there chilling in my apartment or uh, con, what it was, duplex. You know, the next day was graduation, and uh, I get a text from my friend, dude. Well, yeah, what? We need to go chasing now. What? Yeah, like like the next county over. There's like su- there's like a little mini supercell going. I'm like. We talking about it. it's like, dude, look, and he showed me the picture of the funnel. I'm like, we got to go now. So he picked me up. That was probably the one I was. We gotta go right that's now. the one that I was chasing. Do you know what year that was? 2017. That might be it. August. Uh, it was up by, I mean, up by like yeah. Newton County or whatever. Is it Northwest Indiana? Yeah, I think that was about. That was probably it. Because like, it was not. It was not. It was a marginal day. Yeah, it wasn't anything crazy. And, and I was like, like, I was telling because at the time I was telling Lauren, I was like, because Lauren Rains at the time had not seen a tornado. I said, Lauren, I'm gonna get. We're gonna we're gonna get you out there. We just got to find time to go. And that I'm like, look, it's a marginal. I have the. I'm free. Let's wait. I haven't seen one either. Well, then we got to get you. We got to get you. Hebron, Demont. That's another one. I'm just a little more skittish now after December first. <laughs> but we'll get you. So, uh, but yeah. I remember you uh, before I started here. You texted me and you're like, "Do you want to go chasing?" And I was already on the road yeah. with two of my friends chasing in the wrong direction too. I was so <laughs> we were so mad. There's a few opportunities. Well, the closest one we had this past year was that I think we had some stuff down in Mason uh, County. Was that like beginning of the season? Um, this was mid-season. It, oh, okay, yeah. They were very. Um, I think we had a few. May have had a. Uh, we had some tornado a tornado warning near Havana. We had was a lot of was, like. I think you were working. It was a weekend. Oh, was, okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you were down there. I remember you, I was were, text- down there. you were texting me. Those were borderline. That- oh, I remember because yeah, you and, and I were holding down the floor. Yeah, and then you came in and I was like, well, that, yeah, we went from maybe to, oh, yeah, we're yeah, on air. It ramped up. But that one was, again, I was more confident that that wasn't going to get too crazy in our area. That was like, it's going to stay down there, but it's going to impact the very southern edge of our viewing area. Which still counts. That's okay. the thing. So we're, go- we're on air, and I'm like, you know what? I can go down here and be of some use because yeah. I was already out I was already out and about. I'm like, you know, it's only take me 30 minutes to get down there. Let me get down there. I think the funniest part was I think I texted you and I was like, so like, like three acres of farmland are technically in in the, uh, what was it, Mason County are technically under this tornado (laughs) warning. Do do I need to go on air? And you're like, "Uh," and I'm like, I'm like, it's like somebody's yard. Yeah. And he's like, wait till the next one. And then the next one comes. I'm like, oh yeah, no, we're going to go on air now. (laughs) It's a lot bigger. And then I, I, Chris texted me. He's like, "Hey, you want to go in and, and do some storm coverage with that?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, no, no, no problem." I go in. There's like two tornado warning. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, no, this I was. Is what we're doing. I was rolling. I was like, "Okay, we got this." It was good. It's it was nice good. to have more than one set yes, of eyes yes. when you're doing that. Yes, and yeah, it's nice for me not to have to come in either. So I, I remember one, my first one uh, on a weekend that I did by myself, <laughs> and you texted me, and you're like, "Hey, how you feeling?" I'm like, "Oh no, I'm pretty good." And then like five minutes later. Yeah, no, never mind. I'm coming in right was, now. Yeah, and then a, there was like four tornado warnings. I'm like, that was here a, we go. That was a that was a two round punch day. I don't remember the date to that, but we had it was, hail. It was it was it was June. I the think. first round had hail. We had a lot of hail producing supercells. And then I'm like, all right. Then I called you after that first round. I said, how you feeling? Because there's another round coming. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at things here, and then I'll call you back and let you know what what the plan is. And I sit down and I start looking at this stuff. I'm like. This is gonna go. This second one's gonna go crazy. <laughs> no sooner, no sooner did I text him and say, "Oh yeah, no, I'm feeling pretty good." Four tornado warnings, like all at once. I said, "This is gonna go crazy," and so I get dressed. And I'm like, "I'm coming in, man. We're gonna because the, the hail. She was doing fine. The hail was great, but boy, when you when you get those little, it was a little MC or an MCV that that's, that ramped that's up. I'm second like, second round that came in. Oh, and it was gonna. I'm like, this is gonna get crazy. So we, I couldn't even. You that, you you asked me to see if it was hailing, and I couldn't even open the front door. Yeah, this was, before I got here. This yeah, this is before you got oh, okay. here. This is yeah. my fir- this is my first year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's hope we don't end up with any more uh, severe weather this December, year. December, you better behave yourself. We we Young we man. want to transition now. I I mean, you guys may not want it, but I'm ready for a little bit of snow. Uh, no. <laughs> what do you think this is, Chris? No. Okay, you know what? Wait until we get into January, February, March, and we've had weeks of snow in a row, and you're like, Well, oh, then I'll be fed we, up. We got, you, we got you on recording yes, I was saying, I'm up. sick of the snow. <laughs> I was that was sick early of in our snow. podcast. You can go back, and you can look. We got the I receipts, would, buddy. I would play it, but they swapped out our computer, and that file's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody <laughs> erased the evidence. Nah! <laughs> it's on, hey, it's on Spotify, folks. It's on uh, the CIProud.com. I we'll was sick it. of it. And I will be sick of it again, but, but for yet. now, not now. Not for now. now, I'm in. The, I'm in the mood. I want some. I want some winter weather. Well, but I don't want to drive in it. Tuesday. Is there a way? Is there a way we can get snow to fall everywhere else but on the roads? Listen, I think listen. everyone would be. Would, no one would complain if <laughs> that was what it was. Complain. No one would complain. But the problem is, cover the roads. Ugh, them those those commutes in the morning, man. Those are not it. They're not fun. No, they're not it. That's not a vibe at all. That's it's not. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, no, winter's coming, but. Uh, I gotta say, I, I think I saw a couple flakes the other day. I don't remember when it was here. I think we had some. Did we have a little couple? Flakes we did. Here? We had some light snow flurries. And I was like, I could. Vi- a couple weeks ago. If I wasn't working, I'd be fine with this. Problem is, I'm working. I'm working. It wasn't bad. I mean, it was. I, that was when I was getting. I was a little under the weather. 
Uh, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the weekend of. That was right before I went on vacation. I think was it the fourteenth? Yeah, it was. Was it the? It was thirteenth and the fourteenth. I think we had some flurries. Yeah, I was filling in for you that Friday. Uh, so yeah, we had some. We had some. We had some light snow flurries. The wind was the was the annoying. And I, I like snow. I don't like snow when it's blowing. I don't like wind. I don't know anyone that does. No, that's because it a it doesn't look as pretty when it's all drifted. Okay, the whole reason I want snow because it looks nice. Because everything right now looks so bare with the leaves down and the grass turning brown. I will say it looks kind of cool, though, when you have blowing snow and you get the little drifts in the parking lot when it's not super hot. Oh, it's just kind of... It's kind of like, like a no, snake went through there. Went through little, yeah, those are yeah. cool. Until you have to drive through it. Yeah, and then you have to drive through it. And you're like, oh, never <laughs> then mind. You just, you just have to white knuckle the steering wheel and be like, all right, here yeah. we go. Well, and I've got to do daily commutes now. This is my daily commutes <laughs> across a bridge. <laughs> uh, so that'll be... I mean... I, I we're, we're going to see how well. I, I can kind of feel your pain now because now my daily commute is not on a bridge, but it is up a hill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was rough. I that just got to get on Sterling. Was. See ya. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm in town, buddy. You know what, though? Compared to what they did in Wyoming, and this is no knocking people in Wyoming uh, for, for cleaning off roads. I think they do a decent job here. And I know everybody, because everybody's going to complain about road conditions at some point. Oh, but yeah. From, Trust me, it can get worse depending on where you're at. Wyoming, they had like ten trucks for 300 miles of road, but the problem with Wyoming is you would you could clear a street and then the wind would blow it right back on, and so it's like, what is the point? Unless you were literally right behind a plow, <laughs> which you're not supposed to do. No, but you're <laughs> the road is going to be covered up with snow again. Um, but out here, I think they do. They do a decent job. Compared. They do actually. Hey Chris, what's your crazy bold? What's Chris Yates's bold, bold prediction. winter prediction? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, we nailed that intro. By the way, it was good. We're gonna save it. I'm gonna I'm gonna save it for next year's. Just you guys going, yeah, perfect. What's that bold winter. You know, if we had video in here, you would catch Adam and I giving each other a fist bump because we, we were bumps. super proud. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, uh, bold winter prediction aired uh, on Sunday, past Sunday. Yep. Which was the, I don't know what day that was. It was the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And Monday. And Monday. On the morning show. So there you go. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. That's right. Uh, so we are in a week. We are in a La Nina right now. We're expected to see weak to moderate La Nina conditions through through the winter. And there's about a 50-50 chance it'll persist through spring, according to uh, the Climate Prediction Center. Uh, near to below average temperatures are what I'm expecting. And above average precip, but near average snowfall. Uh, to give you uh, where we typically sit for our average daily temperature throughout the winter, now to define winter, that is December, January, and February. So the average temperature for those three months is 28.8 degrees. Average precip is about six and a quarter inches, and average snowfall is 26.2, which I will make a note. Uh, since we've had the new climate normals calculated in the last uh, this year, since for the last decade, that has actually gone up two inches from where it was mm. the previous normals, thirty-year normals period. The previous, yeah, because we talked about it like right after the end of meteorological winter, I think, mm -hmm. with a podcast. Yep, it was around twenty-four. Yeah, uh, but now the new normal is twenty-six point two because uh, we have in the last ten years we've seen a slight uptick in snowfall amounts. Uh, so as we head into La Nina's, and I went back, and this is, if you remember, we had a, leather, uh, a La Nina last winter as well. And if you kind of go back and look at what it played out throughout double-dip La Nina years, that second year, and you can see all this on CIPRO.com, but you can see where uh, the west and the northwest 
and northern plains uh, have been colder than normal. Uh, the southeast has been a little bit uh, bit warmer than normal. And then you kind of see a few trends with precip, drier in the west, drier in the southeast especially, and a little bit more moisture in the northwest and kind of scattered uh, uh, higher amounts of precip across the midwest. Uh, now, the one thing, La Niña's are highly variable, and um, we are going to see big swings this winter. We always do with La Niña's. Uh, one La Niña to a next is going to vary significantly, but I have found that the stronger the La Niña, typically the warmer the winter is, based on what I've gone back and have found. When you kind of average out what happens over strong La Niña's, and then you average out over weaker and moderate events. What I have found is that over the weaker and moderate La Niña's, they tend to be a, a little bit more um, prone to colder air outbreaks uh, based on what has happened in the past. Uh, what I think a, a weaker La Niña does for us is it kind of opens the door to having greater influences uh, from, from the Arctic Oscillation and the other teleconnections that exist. Um, there's a number of you got the Arctic Oscillation. You got the North Atlantic Oscillation. Uh, there's a there's a Pacific Ocean. I mean, there's all these different things that go on. The Matt and Julian Oscillation. Uh, for I those who, about that one. <laughs> for, for those who don't know what those are, those are smaller scale cycles that are only predictable about two to three weeks in advance. And so it's not like an like an El Nino or a La Nina where we can see those coming months ahead of time. Uh, this is why it's we we don't really. We, that's why a lot of people tend to just focus on ENSO, the El Nino Southern Oscillation, because that's what we can easily predict. Uh, these other smaller things, they're not so easily predicted. Uh, but I do think having a La Nina opens the door, makes it a little easier for those colder air outbreaks associated with, say, a negative Arctic Oscillation or a weaker polar vortex to actually drop down into, uh, into the lower 48. Uh, now, Chris Miller from the National Weather Service reminded me a couple of days ago that during La Nina's, it is quite typical for our Decembers to be warm, and then it gets cold the later half of the month or near the turn of the new year. Uh, so just something to keep in mind, because we're certainly seeing that now, right? Yeah. This right now is panning out, is looking very textbook as far as what we've seen historically with La Nina's, where it's cold to start, or it's warm to start. But it will get I cold. I mean, so we're recording this on Friday, December 3rd. Next week, it's going to get cold. Mm -hmm. it, we're going to get into the 30s, which is a little bit more typical to what we see to December. But we go back up a little bit. You know, we're kind of bouncing between the 30s and 40s for a little bit. But then right. end of like the month, the year. It'll probably turn colder again. Yeah. They, the... Uh, what I get a lot, because I posted a couple of days at the beginning of this week, I posted, hey, we're expecting above, we're in a, we're in a pattern, it's going to favor above average temperatures. And I even posted this last week. Uh, the Arctic Oscillation, or not the Arctic Oscillation, well, in part the Arct Arctic Oscillation, but the polar vortex was is quite strong. We got a very strong jet stream. That's keeping all the cold air north of us. And I said, that's going to keep temperatures relatively mild for the first two weeks of December. Now, obviously, next week we're cooling off a little bit. But you got to think of it as over the course of these two-week period, 10 days are with temperatures that are 10 to 15 degrees above average. And then we're going to have three or four days where temperatures are 
four to five degrees below average. You're still going to, when you average all that out, mm-hmm. it is still going to be a very warm start to yeah. December. I mean, you're definitely going to notice it. Yep. You know, we've been spoiled these past few days. So you yep. definitely get it like, oh, right. Yes, it is December. But yep. this is the nice December. Yes. We're, and look, next, the, as of now, I've got forecast uh, for early next week. Uh, mid-30s on the way. I think I did drop. Uh, we're expecting uh, snow. I th- it looks like it's going to be just snow on Tuesday of next week. It doesn't look like it'll be much. Um, but uh, the models are trending at least towards uh, a cold enough profile for all snow. Now it's just a question of... Does this system phase enough to give us stuff that makes makes it an impactful one? Uh, so that's kind of where we're at waiting now. Um, the models were kind of the national blend of models was giving us averaging out about an inch or two in central Illinois, uh, giving us a percentage probability of like sixty four percent chance of an inch of snow. I don't. At this point, it's just darts on the board. But we're, it's December. We we're probably going to see some snow next week, yeah. whether or not it sticks. Um, it you know it's the best opportunity for accumulating snow we've had this year so far. Which I mean has not saying much, but we did have those flakes a few weeks back, and you know it didn't really stick outside of maybe a light dusting on some on some roofs for an hour or two. Uh, this one's actually going. You might be able to go out and measure uh, what ends up falling on Tuesday. Uh, I'm guessing the pavement's probably going to be just fine, although we do get into the 20s, so it could be a little slick if it starts early enough yeah. in the day. The good news is that we're not we're not in that point of year where we're seeing consistently cold pavement. No. We usually see that in yeah. January, February, but that's the nice thing is that we have opportunities for that to melt, at least on the roads. And uh, we are the only station with a pavement temperature forecast. We are. With Just our exclusive and road t- condition forecast as well, uh, so we've got some good we've got some good stuff to oh, yeah. get you going. Uh, so uh, my official outlook, even though we are starting warm, I think we're going to trend colder January into February, especially, and I do think we're going to end up with near to below average temperatures. Now, by near to below average, I think we're going to be somewhere zero to a half degree below the average daily average temperature, which is let me go back up to it. 20. It's 28.8. So I think we're going to be within a half degree of that on the colder side uh, when we're all said and done. So at typical temperature-wise. You know, as long as as long as long possible, we can avoid the <laughs> negative 50 cold snaps. I think I'm still going to complain, but I think I'll be okay. Uh, wetter than average for precip. Now, here, a fun fact. Uh, we got off uh, October was the second wettest month of October on record for Peoria. November was the eighth driest. <laughs> <laughs> so, which kind of goes with the trends in in recent decades of very wet patterns to very dry patterns to very wet patterns. Uh, we'll see what happens this month. Uh, we've got a little bit of moisture right now, but uh, we'll see how it how it fares out. Our wettest time of year, obviously, is in the uh, is in the summer. But uh, I do think we're going to end up with uh, an inch to an inch and a half above average precip, and that would put us. Uh, somewhere in the seven and a quarter to eight inch range of moisture throughout the winter months. And uh, that precip forecast is for December, January, and February. Uh, so not all of it obviously won't be snow. It'll be a combination of snow, freezing rain, and, and rain. Uh, my snowfall outlook predicting near average. Uh, again, we averaged just over 26 inches of snow, and I'm expecting somewhere between 24 and 28 inches of snow this year. A reminder that is not all at once. Not all at once. Which, if it does happen all at once, it's a bust. (laughs) 
Which no, ha- no, no, no. no. Then so, all at once, and then that's it for the whole <clears throat> winter. Oh, okay. Well, if that's the case, it needs to all fall on Christmas Eve, and then we're done. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> melt like the day after Christmas? Yeah, give it a week. <laughs> oh, you mean like a week for the plows to clear all of that, you right? Get it cleared off, yeah. let the kids play, let them enjoy it. No, uh, so, and, and again, this is a, there's no scientific method to forecasting snowfall months in advance. So, honestly, anybody at home listening to this, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, when it comes to me, we're just like, we like throwing numbers on a wall and and seeing, what's, and seeing what sticks. Uh, it, you know, I've got, based on my temperature and precip forecast, and then I kind of branch off from there. Um, so I, th- I think we'll be close to average. Last year I was off to a pretty good start. And then with, I was actually forecasting below average snowfall for my last year. We ended up well above because we had some late season storms come through that put me in my place. <laughs> <laughs> and that forecast is from first flake to the last flake. So it does. it's not just December, January, and February. This one goes from whenever we see our first measurable snow to the end of year. And, you know, it's not unusual, I don't think, for us to see some snows into March and April in La Nina patterns. Definitely either. not out of the question. So uh, tell us what you think, uh, what you think uh, you, we would see, you could see. Let us know. Send us a message on Facebook and uh, let us know. I'll, I'll share this podcast on, our, on my Facebook page as soon as it's uploaded. So if you listen, uh, feel free to comment on, on what you think uh, you'll see. I'd be interested to know what you all think at home. Uh, Molly, Adam, do you have any uh, anything else as we close out episode twenty five? Did, did you just raise your hand? I got a joke. That's why. Oh, oh yeah. All right, hold on. Oh, I got to prep boy. my music here. Oh, okay, so we're we're, getting we're, we're gonna we're gonna come. We're gonna bring this to a close. So, funny note uh, for those listening to the podcast: we had our computer swapped here in the studio. Well, all of my stuff was deleted, so we had to reset yeah we had to reset this you know we we wish that we are recording bloopers but you know that's okay are you this ready? whole this whole podcast is a blooper let's be honest y- you know we're, <laughs> it is not wrong that we're funny we try to be i think we're hilarious yeah there's probably a very large population a portion of the population that disagrees with your assessment there molly you know everyone <laughs> is entitled to their wrong opinion <laughs> all right all right, Adam. Let me have it. All right. Oh, I had it for a second, and I lost it. Hold wow. On, wow. 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 Hold wow. on. <laughs> Why did the lightning get in trouble? Why? It didn't know how to conduct itself. Oh, my Lord. 